Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. And of course, if this is your first time listening to us or you've just recently started, thanks so much for choosing us and putting us on. Today, we are hearing from two good friends from Dublin who are collaborating on a play for the upcoming Fringe, a play about toxic relationships, gender roles and the pressures on young people today. We're trying to look at the line between caring for somebody and controlling them, basically, and how that can be very blurry, especially in a young relationship, I think. Or it doesn't even need to be a young relationship, any relationship. Just when you care so much about someone that you don't want them to be free, I guess. Mm. That was Sinead Gallagher there and more from her and her good friend, Sive Mallon, later on. First, we just wanted to mention the news about the women's football team. Vera Pau's four years as Republic of Ireland manager came to an end this week on Tuesday night after six hours of deliberations and debate. The 11-strong FAI board of directors decided to seek a new coach to lead Katie McCabe's generation towards the 2025 European Championships in Switzerland. We don't know the full details of how they came to that decision, but they'll be coming in due course. And just from the women's podcast perspective, we had Vera on before the World Cup, big admirer of hers and everything she's done for women's football in Ireland. And sad to see this decision being made by the FAI when Vera Pau clearly didn't want to leave and I presume had a lot more to give. The statement from the FIA said, on behalf of the Football Association of Ireland, we'd like to thank Vera for her hard work and commitment over the past four years and wish her well for the future. In particular, I wish to acknowledge the role she played in leading Ireland to the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023, where our women's team made history and inspired a nation. The future is bright for women and girls football and our focus now is building upon the work done by Vera and the historic achievements of our women's team. So we just want to give a little shout out to Vera Pau to thank her for everything she did and... As I said, express a little bit of disappointment about about this decision. And we'll be very interested to see exactly how that decision was made when the FAI decide to tell us. Another story this week is again about the Taliban, which has now banned women from a national park in Afghanistan. It's one of Afghanistan's most popular national parks and it adds to a long list of restrictions aimed at shrinking women's access to public places. Thousands of people go to see Bandi Amir National Park each year because it's got this beautiful landscape, sapphire blue lakes and towering cliffs. But the ban was announced after the acting minister of vice and virtue. Even the fact that there isn't a minister of vice and virtue just boils my blood. Anyway, the acting minister of vice and virtue complained that women visiting the park had not been adhering to the proper way of wearing the hijab. And Mohammed Khalid Hanafi of the Taliban said that going sightseeing is not a must for women. 
We'll continue bringing you that story because it remains the fact that Afghanistan women and girls have been erased from society in so many different ways and it's absolutely shocking and as far as we're concerned here on the Women's Podcast, the international community are just not doing enough about it. Today we are talking to two young women, two best friends who have collaborated on a play for the upcoming Fringe Festival, which is always brilliant and always has a load of women-led creative endeavours. So do go and check out the programme. Sinead Gallagher is a creative producer based in Cork. She's currently completing her MA in Arts Management and Creative Producing in UCC and Sive Mallon is a writer and actor. The play that they've come up together is called In Heat and it's about two characters, Connor and Helen, who are in their 20s living in a cramped flat in Dublin. Their relationship is on the rocks and when they find out they are pregnant for the second time, it really puts a spanner in the work. So we watch as their search for meaning descends into a festering back and forth which corrodes their world from within. This debut production is premiering at the new theatre Temple Bar as part of, as I said, this year's Dublin Fringe Festival from September 13th to 16th at 8.30pm. So I would urge you to go and see it. I'm going to be there on the opening night already because it's intrigued me. And that's why we wanted to have the two friends on. I began by asking Sinead about the title of the play, In Heat, which can have a few different meanings. Well, we actually originally called it Our House just because we had to have a working title for a long time and we couldn't settle on anything. So the whole time we were just calling it Our House and then we had never put any real thought into it and it came around to actual time. We were like, we can't call it Our House. <laughs> and a lot of people like said to us, kind of like, you know, as soon as people read that title, they're just singing the song in their head. And we were like, that is absolutely not the tone of our play at all. <laughs> so we were like going between a few different ones. We like submitted a name, but then it turned out someone else in French had the same name. And this That's was all really like... annoying. It was crazy. And we we're like, yeah. how is, like, what? Mm-hmm. And then, so I've actually came up with it because we've had like, our whole idea for the imagery was two little Sylvanian family dogs. Yeah. And then we wanted like heat and like tension and yeah. pressure and stuff. And then obviously it's about a couple who get pregnant. So... Yeah. Then we landed on in heat. So tell us about that. They get pregnant for the second time. Yeah. So it's a it's a, a couple living together in a quite yeah. a cramped flat situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. We very much imply that this the previous pregnancy was not intended and was not the best news for them. But when that wasn't seen through, how that made them feel like that was the thing that they needed. Mm-hmm. And I suppose like there's a lot of other things that happen in their relationship that put a lot of pressure on them as a couple and made their situation really, really, really difficult. They're a couple that probably had a really good history together, but yeah, just about like, I guess the difficulty of Mm -hmm. being in a relationship as a young person, I think, is a huge part of it. So Sinead, was that the themes you wanted to explore? Because you wrote it together Mm -hmm. and your friends from school, which we'll talk about in a bit. Was there something that you were looking around and observing in sort of your peers and thinking that you wanted to kind of capture in the play? Yeah, there was actually, I guess, two, two main things that we kind of started our initial conversations about. And the first was sort of looking around and seeing like that clearly there is a men's mental health crisis at the moment. But from our perspective and from the perspective of a lot of our friends, it seems, well, it feels like to me that a lot of young women bear the brunt of that. Mm. Um, and obviously it's not young men's fault, but I guess there's sort of like a, a misdirection of, you know, their their hurt and their upset. 
And I just, yeah, I guess we observe that a lot of yeah. our friends, like girlfriends or close friends or whatever, kind of end up being therapists or support to young men. And then on top of that, and I guess it was a part of that, there's a lot of people, like, we're trying to look at the line between caring for somebody and controlling them, basically, and how that can be very blurry, especially yeah. in a young relationship, yeah. I think. Or it doesn't even need to be a young relationship, any relationship. Yeah. Just when you care so much about someone that you don't want them to be free, I guess. Mm. Or, you you know, you want to protect them so much that you end up, like, limiting them and controlling them. And how that can kind of come from a place then of, like, deep insecurity or deep upset. Um, and then you end up taking it out on your partner, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess those are the our main kind of, like, the nuggets that we started with. Tell us about the characters, because, Sive, you were supposed to be playing one of them. Mm-hmm. But you are you've got a... Very nice um, job in London. Uh, tell us what you're doing. I'm doing Portia Coughlin at the Almeida Theatre, um, directed by Carrie Cracknell. Which so, is very exciting. So, so surreal and exciting. <laughs> and I only found out like two weeks ago, so the week before our rehearsals for um, In Heat started. So, um, yeah, that's been a bit of a whirlwind. But it's sorted. We have an incredible actor, Jessica Dunn Perkins, who's been a lifesaver has swiped in to take my part um, to take Helen so yeah the characters um, Helen is a writer and she is I think definitely of like the kind of like nurturing disposition mm-hmm. um, we kind of get the idea that maybe before this relationship she had quite like a vibrant alive social life and her world kind of becomes smaller and I guess with her want to see this pregnancy through at the start of the play and, you know, she doesn't have much familial support, um, I guess she kind of has to take what she can get from Connor, who's our male character. Um, Connor is a junior doctor. Um, He is... I think you can definitely feel that they had a lovely relationship that they really saw each other and really got each other and they they lived together before um and I guess we follow the kind of breakdown of his facade of the kind of lovely warm charming person he is at the beginning of the play and how um he reveals maybe a, a very controlling mm-hmm. um not very nice side to himself. Um, so is it just the two of them? Yeah. It's just the two of Which them. Which makes it handy for, you know, yeah. for putting on a for our budget. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> budget in every, in every capacity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a there's um, a housemate, but he, he's never on stage. Yeah. He's okay. alluded to him. There's a looming housemate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who hopefully is the tool that we want him to be yeah. of, like, intensifying the situation. Yeah. <laughs> And also just more realistic if they're mm. a young couple in a two-bedroom yeah. apartment. Yeah. And is it daunting putting something like this on in, in the fringe? I mean, it's your, it's your first... You, you went to school together mm-hmm. and your friends and you obviously mm-hmm. work very well together because you've done mm-hmm. this. But, you know, it does it feel like a few weeks out of it now, out of two weeks, is it? Mm-hmm. Two weeks to go? Or? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, <God>. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to uh, freak you out, but um, is it kind of daunting? It, I think, like when I was writing it, I think... 
you get into a bit of a flow sometimes and you're like, va-va-voom, like, <laughs> I, you know, you feel a lot and you're very passionate about it and you start getting to know the characters and things start really working and you're not thinking about it at all. And then there's days where you're stuck at your laptop in your dressing gown, like sweat pouring down <laughs> your face with like cups of coffee all around you. And... You just keep thinking of the people in the audience being like judging faces <laughs> and the bad reviews and stuff. Throwing tomatoes. But those days, yeah, throwing tomatoes <laughs> and everything. And I don't know, I guess those days are far fewer. But I think coming up to it, like I, me probably more than Sinead just kept going, I can't believe people are going to see this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. I think like we were talking about this on the way in, like I think when you're passionate about something and when you feel a lot towards it, when you feel a lot doing it, mm-hmm. I think you kind of don't doubt yourself as much because it like feels so good and right to be doing it and you know you have something important to say and you have characters that you feel story need to be heard mm-hmm. and it's about something that you care about and there's feels like there's urgency behind it and even just like writing it and the feelings you feel like I'd be bawling sometimes yeah. writing it and you're like okay I guess there's there's something in this yeah and um, our team as well like everyone team. that's working on it with us is amazing and like I had a, our first production meeting yesterday um with just like people who are on license and and set and all that stuff yeah. and everyone just really cares and like is passionate and so creative and yeah. it's pretty much an entirely female um okay like Aiden, our who plays Connor, is the only man who's working on it. He's a token man. Yeah, literally. He's a token. Gotta have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have one here, JJ. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sinead, take me uh, back to New Park School and oh, meeting yeah. Sai for the first time and your friendship because it's really lovely that yeah. all these years later, here you are putting a play together. So yeah. do you remember uh, the first time you sort of connected? And uh, Was it my fourth year? That's when we really solidified. So I really took me under her wing. <laughs> Um, yeah I don't know I think we just because we were kind of on the opposite like social we didn't really talk much in first there was a little bit of crossover a little bit yeah we liked each other like yeah 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 and then towards like fourth fifth and sixth year we just really started connecting and then by the end of sixth year we were like absolutely and what was it you found in each other do you think oh my gosh wow (laughs) I hope we never asked each other this (laughs) I think uh, I think we are, I think our values are pretty in line. Yeah. I think we're, we've always both been creatively inclined. Yeah. Um, Very caring. Also, yeah. I think we both just really love to, like, live our lives, like, yeah. to the fullest, I guess. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, definitely got us in trouble probably yeah. as teenagers a lot. But you know but. what I think? This <laughs> is a bit about of, the trouble. Well, I, well, I was going to say is we, uh, <laughs> like, when our friendship was, like, when we probably said, hey, we're best friends, right? For yeah. the first time. It was straight after sixth year and we were going on our sixth year holiday. Shagaloo, <laughs> um, I think. No. Oh, Berlin, Berlin. Berlin. Oh, you were Come so on, we, went New Park. Park. Oh, we went to yeah, New Park. We went to New Park. Oh, yeah, you went to New Park. I forgot. And we were going to Berlin. <laughs> and I guess we were at that awkward transition of being 18. You're finally allowed to drink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's all those things just kind of on red alert, like, boys drinking yeah. and all that kind of stuff and I think we both were like really going for it yeah. <laughs> but like very maybe fragile hearted more yeah. sensitive and I think oh my god yeah. I think on our six year old we really 
found each other on a new level and would like share a single bed. I was just thinking that. I forgot about that <laughs> Like there was now. a double bed thinking available. And I was like, I'm just going to stay with you. <laughs> <laughs> like I think we were both like uh, really matching each other's flair for the party. Yeah. But also maybe needing, suffering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, needing someone to pick up the pieces a little and bit. And there was an incident. We were both vegetarian. Yeah. And we both were st- on our, at the end of our six year holiday we were both starting to bruise a lot. Yeah. And we, um, we were like, hmm, God, something's really not right here. Like, very fragile. You're starting to bruise, actually. I think. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I bruise easily anyway, but okay. I was like, covered. And so I was oh. like, we're getting you a hamburger. So we both kind oh. of got burgers <laughs> together. <laughs> I bet they were nice in Berlin, were they? Oh, they were so good. Good yeah. hamburgers. Oh, Best oh, hamburger you've we ever had. We were at a festival. We were just sitting on the ground being like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think that's when we that knew was a real we, best friend we had each other's back. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, we never really did much creatively together. No, yeah. Like, we kind of just, like... The odd play. And you too. went off on a different yeah. path, didn't yeah, you? Because yeah, yeah. What, what did you do, Sinead? I did English and philosophy in UCD, so I... Yeah, and I was kind of busy with that. And then when you were in the Lear, you were very yeah. much absorbed with the Lear. Yeah, totally. Um, you have to be, I suppose. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not, no disrespect no, 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 to yeah. UCD, but I think with something like yeah, yeah, yeah. Lear, you kind of have to go mm. full all in. Yeah. Did you find you yeah. drifted apart a bit at that time? I think we've always had, like, I definitely thought I was losing my friends from school. Yeah. Because, like, 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 first of all, I was seeing all my incredible friends in the Lear all of the time mm-hmm. and never seeing yeah, like, no, my school friends like it would be so sparse and I like I would really fear that like those friendships would really suffer but I think I know it's that cliche but like you just come back to each other and meet each other how we left off like Sinead lived in Canada for two yeah. years we didn't FaceTime once <laughs> we would send each other voice notes I think we I think one time I called you and you didn't answer and that was it <laughs> yeah and we sent each other voice notes we stayed very in each other's yeah. lives and Sinead got Instagram back after deleting it yeah. to like keep up with each other's lives yeah but then you came back and it was like Straight back to normal. I know that's such a cliche but like it really yeah. was like I think we were like ah! for like yeah. an hour and then it was like so you know so I guess yeah. it's just one of those solid friendships yeah. do you feel you've helped each other through um, bad times like you talked about a relationship and you've obviously both yeah. been through things is it mm. that kind of a friendship where you yeah. kind of go to each other yeah oh, I think definitely. we've also experienced like some of the highest points of our lives together and the lowest points yeah. of our lives together yeah. definitely for sure um, which is and even the play as well oh just gosh. adds to that because it's been like We've had some real panics and real stress, but then it's yeah. also been like, it's so nice to share it, you know, like mm. moments like this, which is like obviously so exciting, yeah, so exciting. that we can do it all together is really, yeah, yeah, So really when nice. did you say, let's do a play together? How did that come up? Because again, you were doing English and philosophy, so you weren't exactly yeah. in that world, but you were very much in the world. And then how yeah. did you kind of combine the two? So I was in Canada for two years and then I came back and I was working in a charity and I loved it, but I was like, I need to do something creative. Like, I always kind of knew that that's where I would end up, but I was like, I need to start really, like, doing it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing a master's in UCC called Arts Management and Creative Producing. Um, and I didn't really go in with theatre in mind. Like, I've always enjoyed theatre and obviously supported Sive the whole time. Um, but then as it kind of went on, I was a bit more like, oh, that can kind of bring together a lot of my different creative interests. Like, I love, I love writing, I love visual stuff, I love... Yeah, all of it. So um, 
then me and Sai were just kind of talking throughout it. And Sai was like, well, I'm a writer and an actor and you're going to be a producer. <laughs> like we could do it. And we kind of, re- like we didn't take it that seriously at the start. Mm. And then we were like, okay, I guess we'll have a Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> was so funny. and you did a lot of this writing on Most Zoom and this making. Even at the start, I was doing a play down in Wexford and that's when we first oh, yeah. started doing it. So we were even Zooming from then. Yeah, it's true. We didn't have our first in-person meeting to like very recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because I was living in London at the start of the year. But yeah, we haven't been able to celebrate everything. Like yeah. when we got fringe, we yeah. were just like on the phone, like, can we have a party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like at the start, we just were like, so like if we were a theatre company, like mm-hmm. what would we want to talk about? What are our values? You know, what like what's important to us? And it was like just this very relaxed thing. And then I think we started being like, and what would our first piece of work be? And what would we want to tackle with that? And then um, like a story and like characters started like very vaguely revealing mm-hmm. itself. And Fringe application was due in three weeks or two. Yeah. And... I very intensely <laughs> rang Sinead and I was like, I think we should go for Fringe. And yeah. she was like, oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then within like half an hour, I was like, we're not going for Fringe. This was a ridiculous idea. And I was like, let's not do it. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, I was like, no, we absolutely have to do it. And then we just, I guess, really met each other's intensity and really, and it wasn't even one of those things where we were like, obviously we were shocked and delighted when we got it, but those because you weeks. submit the play, right? And you, you they submit decide the first whether draft. Yeah, yeah. The first one, yeah. They have like a theme that you have to sort of make your play work in. Yeah. And I think we were feeling okay. Kind did of they like, give you the theme? It was a massive call out. Was it City Limitless? City, rend- let's render the city limitless. Yeah. And, um, so it's very focused on Dublin, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, but one yeah. thing they really spoke about in it was like, um, like what's in a home and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which I thought we like we definitely could really yeah. fit into our story. But um So they had some parameters around which you they wanted yeah. the, the work. I mean to there's be. so yeah. much in it. Like it's it's yeah. a, it's you could a go massive. anywhere with it. Yeah, really. you, could. Yeah. you you really it, yeah. Yeah, I guess just your, finding yeah. your story within their curatorial call out. But um like we worked so hard for those two weeks. Like it wasn't uh on a whim, like no, we no. put like sleepless nights and I was getting up at like five in the morning. Yeah. I was working in a coffee shop in London. I'd wake up at like quarter to five in the morning, write for like an hour and a half, go to work, come home, Zoom Sinead, do, yeah. we do our application together. Like it was, it, we we worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. And it must have been great to get that call to say you yeah. were in. Oh, uh, we both cried, yeah. yeah. we cried. Yeah, it was huge. And then you cried because you had to actually <laughs> yeah, go exactly. and do it. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. 
no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. What ages are you? I didn't ask. I didn't 26. 26. 26. Both the same age. Yeah. Same school. Yeah. All of that. School friends <laughs> yeah. for years. Both um, from Dunleary. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> They're like twins. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me then, um, you know, looking at it from my perspective, I'm sort of twice your age and I'm looking at it and thinking it's so difficult in some ways. Um, life, I think, is better in other ways. I mean, in terms mm-hmm. of um, expectations and societal, all that stuff that maybe baggage that um, my generation had to take on as as women yeah. that you maybe don't have to, but there's other things that come in. What What is life like for you guys? Um, we talk about the housing crisis, mm-hmm. talk about your the mental health crisis too. Mm-hmm. You've been through a pandemic which kind of mm-hmm. stole a few of those really great years that you, you should have been able to push forward in your life. So yeah. what's your kind of assessment of where your peers are at the moment, especially as young women? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty tough in Ireland at the moment. Like most of our friends, like so many of our friends are flying home to see the play, but most because of them... Because they've, they've emigrated. Everyone lives and where, in England. Where are they? England, pretty much, most people. And then I have friends in Canada and we don't really personally know that many in Australia, but it does mm. seem to be like yeah. the place to be at the moment I know, yeah I don't know anyone very well that's in Australia but oh my god the <laughs> yeah. rake of them it's crazy it is crazy and like a lot of my best friends would be in London um, yeah I guess if you're like um, creative people yeah. will be in London or Berlin yeah. or something but it's just it's really sad because like Ireland is such a hmm. creative country and like when you look at our impact on like literature on even visual arts film everything and then you look at the way that we're treating people who are creative and like not giving them anywhere to live basically forcing them to move to London and then claiming them back when they've gone and succeeded you know totally it's it's really sickening um it makes me really sad and then it's just like I don't know I'd love to stay here and I'm happy that I'm back here um and I'm in Cork at the moment but up here for the um, for the play and even Cork is kind of creeping up to Dublin prices with stuff as well yeah. it's just like I'm going to get priced out I'm like I'm trying my best yeah. <laughs> like I want to stay um, yeah. and politically then how do you feel I mean I don't know if you're a very political people or interested in that particularly but do you kind of do you feel that the government has let young people down or what What? What are what are the conversations that you're having with your friends about that I mean I wouldn't be very politically mm-hmm. versed but um, there definitely, I think, is like the feeling that we are being like pushed out. And I definitely, I mean, I guess like having gone to the Lear, like as a creative person, like even when we first met, like the reaction that you gave me for having gone, like. When when uh, I just tell everyone, when Sive <laughs> told me with the Lear, I was like, oh, and I gave her a little <laughs> bow down. I'm just doing that mime. Well, because Paul Meskell yeah, came out of yeah. there and it's it's seen now as this very prestigious mm. place. But yeah, we so just, your point it, though. It, it's funny because it's like, um, I think there is that kind of feeling that like you go to the Lear and it's so, like, I am so grateful that I went and like it has shaped who I am and who I am as an artist. And I had some of the best times of my life there. But you also come out and it doesn't mean very much. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think to a certain degree, you are kind of set up with this expectation that you are going to work and you are trained to the best of the ability and... um, you have made all these incredible connections. Like the people I met in the Lear, like 
incredible and I have worked and I've had like I'm so delighted with how my time outside the Lear has gone but there is still plenty of time of sitting twiddling your thumbs and there is um, there is kind of a feeling that there's just not enough support and just not enough um, opportunity here to stay like you know and I think I feel really lucky that I love writing and that we have started like our theatre company together. Because what's the company called? It's called Philomena P. Okay, and what's that from? <laughs> you go on. I know there'd be a good story in this. Well, there's it's actually <laughs> not. That's the story. Is that there's You're no have story to make at all. Up a good story then. <laughs> well, I'm asking, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I literally think I rang Janine and went, "What do you think of Philomena P?" <laughs> And she was like, yeah. And then we just rolled with it. But it does, well, we should probably look this up before we... I'm pretty sure there's a saint. No, there is. And she's wise and strong. And she's also the uh, patron saint of like babies and infants. Yes. Yes. Which we did not know. Ah, okay. And And that very much ties into your play. Which is weird. Yeah, yeah, Okay. And what about the P? Productions. Productions. Okay. But it just sounds cool. It does. Yeah. Philomena Productions. So it's you're putting P instead of Productions. Philomena yeah. P. Because we like that way. It sounds like a, a little name. Yeah. Philomena P. Yeah. But um, but I, I guess like having done that and like we feel like we can kind of carve a path for ourselves and you feel so much, um, I guess, lacked autonomy over yourself as an artist when you feel like, like, and that's why I think we're so delighted to be part of Fringe, which is such an incredible festival mm-hmm. that like trailblazes artists that are at such different points in their career. And provides a lot of support as well. And provides so much support. really kind and helpful. You know, um, so I guess, you know, we're really lucky that we get to do this in Dublin, but had we not decided to set up a theatre company or been writers or gone into Fringe, like, I definitely would still be in London. And would I be working as an actor? I don't know. Um, So it is kind of heartbreaking that a city that has like fed our artistic selves and like yeah. nourished us as young people and we walked around the streets big wide eyes you know can't wait to be on this stage can't wait to yeah. be on this stage, can't wait to do this can't wait to talk about this like there's so many stories about Ireland that like I'm bursting to tell but it sometimes doesn't feel like they want to be heard yeah. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people our age feel that way especially in Dublin like it's such a wonderful city it has so much such a rich history and mm-hmm. culture and then everything's getting bulldozed for hotels and, and I love all the money, like, you know, they're not taxing yeah. Apple or Facebook or anything like yeah, that. And yeah. it's like all of that money that could go yeah. not even towards us, but towards the homeless people on the street. Like, it's, you know, it's, the city is no... out of balance in a big, yeah. big way. Um, and and it's, just, how it's, do they think that it's, it's sustainable, mm, you know? like Totally. And they still want people to live here and to... Yeah keep that history and that culture because it's so unique like Dublin is such a unique city I compared to any it, other it, European city it's mad city. like and I think as well you meet um, like in London and anyone who's emigrated you meet, meet people and the um, the loyalty people have to Ireland and Dublin like I don't really know why but I know <laughs> that I will end up here Yeah, like I want to have a family here I, there is so much that I love about Dublin it, like I feel different when I'm here mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's just because I walked or you know it's where my childhood floats but yeah. like um, like I have such a loyalty to, to a place that doesn't feel like it has the same loyalty love to you. me back yeah. you know um, yeah so yeah 
it's a it's a funny time to be a young, young person. And like even like we're both back from Sinead's back from Cork and I was living in London and we're both back in like our family homes and we're so really, lucky to really lucky that, yeah. to have that and yeah. to not you know to have that support and to be able to assume that we will have that support should we need to come back Mm -hmm. and you know I can kind of feel like as an actor and a writer that I have a base in London and Dublin but that does not exist for uh, to be honest most of my friends yeah who also you know I think I was one out of three Dublin actors in my my year in the Lear yeah so like you know, like my parents let any of my friends stay whenever they need to for a job, but it's not ideal. Um, yeah. 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 And what about uh, young people's kind of culture and engagement? Because we've seen uh, statistics that say that there's been a drop off of young yeah. people going to cultural events and mm. enjoying that side of things. Where do you think that's coming from? I would say COVID probably more than anything. Yeah. It just didn't um, pick up again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And like, it's a huge. Within theatre as well, it's a huge thing trying to get young yeah. people out into yeah. the theatre because obviously a lot of our friends are young people working in theatre, so obviously we'll go to everything. Yeah. yeah. But there seems to be some sort of disconnect. I think a lot of people maybe think that it's not for them or like, you know, theatre is too highbrow or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, or inaccessible, I think. Yeah. Like, uh, more to do with the uh, content. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of friends and people I've met over the years who aren't in creative pursuits or whatever and I'm like oh we should go to a play together they're like oh god I couldn't go <laughs> yeah, to a play with yeah, you inadequate. thinking that like after I'll have all these incredibly phrased sentences <laughs> where like generally I'm like oh yeah oh great <laughs> do you know like that was sad that, that, that was sad now um, when I think when I look about what, what your play is about in mm-hmm. heat toxic relationships fertility coercive control mm-hmm. gender roles is there any laughs at all in it oh yeah it's very funny <laughs> yeah, she's got a, a real uh, gift for dialogue. You do, you absolutely do. Um, but yeah, I think that's what's really good about the play and that's what I really struggle to communicate in those kind of things. Um, but there are definitely some laughs, 100%. Because okay. yeah. also like you do, the couple are very likeable and the relationship is very relatable, I think. Right. Um, we're really trying to like portray that they are fun and kind people. So yeah. if there's people listening who haven't been to a play for a while, mm-hmm. like, you know, that you say or think, oh, plays are not for me, this could be something to bring them back in. I hope so. so. Yeah, that's definitely something we want to do is yeah. to make it a play that people can kind of, you know, I think people are so used to watching Netflix shows now. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's just our main form of entertainment, I guess. Mm. Um, and like, this obviously is not a Netflix show, mm. but... I think, as I think well, it's like not a, a far cry, you know, yeah. like it's entertaining, it's relatable, it's funny. I it's, think a big thing yeah. that we spoke about as well when we were kind of coming together as a duo is like the power of kind of like recognition and recognizing yourself in like mm-hmm. uh, a play or a film or like any sort of art form. Like when you see yourself in something, how that resonates with you and um, I think, you know, what Connor and Helen, like our two characters go through, like a lot of people won't have lived through what they're going through, but there is, there's so much about their story that I think people can really see themselves in. Mm-hmm. And being a young person in Dublin and going through a kind of life-altering experience and I guess like set against the backdrop of the Dublin housing crisis, how that's another, um, another tension or another just massive pressure. Yeah. Um and yeah, I guess definitely using humor to kind of um, 
I don't know, by by the darkness because it, it does reveal really dark sides to both of the characters. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think as well, like when things are hard, like you do laugh, <laughs> you know? Oh, and yeah, I especially think, in Ireland, we tend to have that really dark humour, Totally. Don't we? And yeah. I, I think they're, they're, they contradict themselves as characters a lot because I think they don't know what they want either. They're trying to do the right thing for themselves, but also for the pregnancy and also for each other. And I think they keep getting it wrong. And I think there's something really moving, really heartbreaking, but also really, really funny about people really trying their best, but just getting it a bit wrong. <laughs> and I think, they, I mean, this play looks at that in in many ways. And I think ultimately in a, in a, in a really um, difficult, um, mm-hmm. sore way. And it does go to very dark territory but I think at the start we see them just missing the mark yeah. time and time again uh, and I think that's really mm, relatable that's totally relatable yeah. and uh, you've definitely sold it to me I'm going to go and <laughs> yeah. see it I have my ticket and uh, everything yeah. um, I wanted to mention some um, your young women in theatre which maybe mm. I don't know if it brings anything different or maybe we can discuss that but there's a lot of uh brilliant um, female-led shows in the Fringe. So I just wanted to mention a couple of them. I don't know if you Mm. you might know any of the people involved or be aware of any, but there's one, BS Incorporated by Broad Strokes Improv, which is apparently Dublin's hottest all-women improv troupe. Oh, yeah, very excited for that one. I haven't seen them yet, but I can't wait. I've seen them. They're brilliant. So that sounds great. So that's BS Incorporated. Then there's Resonance by Chloe Commons, which is a performance told through circus, physical theatre, light and Irish uh, sign language, which is great. There's Dopamine Girl, which is a good play on the dopamine thing, M-E-A-N, by Louisa Niedon. And um, it's the musical journey of a woman with late diagnosis is ADHD which I'm definitely going to go and see sounds fantastic of course Alison Spittle has a show in the fringe Mm -hmm. and that's called Super Mm -hmm. she's always brilliant Mm -hmm. there's Girl in a Cell by Neve Ryan uh, Productions that's a one woman performance I don't know if you know Neve or about that that sounds good Girl in a Cell I'm already Mm. sold Once in a Lifetime by Red Bear Company Slippery When Wet by Leanne Devlin I like the title of this one, Who Wants to Write an Email by Laura oh, Alcorn and one, Je- yeah. Jennifer Edmund. You saw it? No, I haven't seen it yet, but just yeah. I just it intrigues me already. Because who does want to write an email, <laughs> essentially, like, ever? I'm sick of it. <laughs> Are You Mad at Me by Fiona Frawley and The Scratcher by Kelly Shatter. So oh, yeah, yeah, The Fringe yeah. always has, I think, really exciting young female voices yeah, in absolutely. it. Absolutely. And 100%. you guys are, are among that. But um, just going back to that being a young woman in theatre, is there any more of a struggle or how do you feel? I kind of get the feeling that we are standing on the shoulders of giants. (laughs) (laughs) But I think like I I think there's definitely a a recent like since Waking the Feminist in particular, but Mm -hmm. there's been such a I think you know effort, if that's not such an awful word. But there's been a lot of work to really uh, trailblaze women and and have women heard and women are amazing. I'm sorry, but I think we need to say well, it more. You don't need to tell that. Yeah, I know. This you, is you the way it is. It's what we do every week. Preach yeah. the choir. About how women are yeah, amazing. But yeah, we agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're just like, I mean, so I think, you know, a path has already begun carving for yeah. us and I think, you know, we just have to keep carving it and yeah. keep, you know, um, like raising up female voices as much as we can. And I think as young women, um, I think we want to tell very female uh, okay. female stories. Um, but 
Yeah, I do think, I do think, you know, I think I'm sure we do struggle in some ways, but I, 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 I personally think that like when you're, as I kind of already said, when you're really passionate and just buzzing about something, I kind of have blinkers on. I don't yeah. think I yeah. would, I would notice. Maybe. We're also just very fortunate. I think we've yeah. had really, really good experiences thus far and working with like, you know, a predominantly female company. Yeah. And like my master's program was all women yeah. and all women, um, yeah lectures as well which was interesting yeah it was insane um it was very interesting that it was kind of like the managerial role of the arts yeah is very and then a lot of the guest lectures and stuff that would come in were also female um because when we started this podcast back in 2015 that was one of the big stories waking the feminists and uh it's amazing to see how much things have moved on since then across all the sectors and just for women in theatre. It's It's been such a, a massive change in in that time. And not just in the people who we see on the stage, but backstage and Absolutely. production and, and just representation of the stories that are being told. Um, yeah. Who has inspired you then, whether it's something like, whether it's something you've seen on Netflix or mm-hmm. you've seen on the stage, when you talk about those shoulders you're standing on, who are the kind of people that you look up to? I think, to be honest, I think there's so many. And I will say, I think we both have really incredible women around us. Like, That's I think true. we have very strong, solid female friendships that, like, I think are, like, one of the biggest things I value in my life. Mm-hmm. And I do think that has, like, informed maybe that a lot. But I think professionally, I think... um a massive inspiration for me, I think, is Katrina McLaughlin, who's the uh, creative director of The Abbey. Um, I worked with her in the Lear in our first ever show. And I think the care and um, the care she puts into her work and each moving part of it um, and the way she looks at character and values every tiny little speck of it. Um, and the way she just really... I think believes in in young women in, in particular. I think she really pumped our year full of a lot of kind of belief and hope in ourselves. Um, and I think like what she's done with the Abbey already has been yeah, it's amazing. phenomenal, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. it's great. She's just such a powerhouse, and, and she, like she, you say, that yeah. attention to detail yeah. and she's incredible. And the the way I think like when you you talk to her and you see her path up, like where she is now, she she didn't predict that for herself and she's just I think done it right and her heart has been in the right place the whole way and now she's landed this incredible position with so much influence and power and Mm. she's doing it really well and Sinead what about female role models for you growing up like whether in your family or Mm. anything else is there anything anybody that's particularly inspired you I mean, well, obviously my mum. <laughs> you got to say your mum. But definitely. Your mum yeah. went to the same school as me. Yeah, there you go. Sign her and alumni. also didn't really like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but she's, yeah, she's worked in like social work and with charities and stuff most of her life. And I always kind of thought that was something that I wanted to do. And I like followed her into the charity and I worked with her for a while. Um, and I realised it wasn't what I wanted to do, but she's like how I want to work, I guess. She's a really just like kind and... Um, talented leader like she's really empathetic and a good person yeah. um, I don't know who else 
that's enough, your yeah. ma. I yeah, say. I know. That's, that's that seems a fail-safe answer to that question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. My mum rocks What's her too. name? Anna. Anna. And what's your mum's name? Mary. Mary. She's also the best. <laughs> <laughs> we both have wonderful mothers. Yeah, Mary and true. Anna created two really amazing young people <laughs> and um, I'm dying to see what you both do next. I'm dying to see the play In Heat. Mm-hmm. Everyone should go and see it, even if you think theatre isn't for you because I know a lot of people aren't into theatre and I mean, it sometimes can be, It's kind. Of, I think for some people it's like you get in there and you can't leave or something like whereas if you're in the cinema you can kind of walk. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's only an hour. It's only an hour. See, it's only an hour. <laughs> 55 it's in, minutes. Yeah. It's in the new theatre in Temple bar which is just the coolest little venue that a lot of people don't know about you go, have to walk through a bookshop almost like you're going through a secret Narnia mm-hmm. place at the back of the bookshop is this theatre and I think it's going to be fantastic um, and like you said it's only an hour long so the best of luck with it Thank and you. the best of luck with Portia Coughlin as well which is such Thank a huge you. and all of that you do and in your in your roles I'm sure we're going to have you back talking about something so. else in the future and yeah. thanks both of you for coming in Thank, Thank you so you much so Thank you for much. having us Thank you that was Sive Mallon and Sinead Gallagher there and the play is on in the new theatre in Temple Bar and as I said go and check out the Fringe Festival programme because there is a lot of amazing work by young creatives uh, that you won't want to miss and if you enjoyed this episode and the podcast please do leave us a review or subscribe to us it really makes a big difference the podcast is produced by Suzanne Brennan and me Roisin Ingle with JJ Vernon on sound talk to us on social at IT Women's Podcast or email us on the women podcast at irishtimes.com that's it for me mind yourselves and i will talk to you next time small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.